made it to season two of Old Dirty Benches. Glad to see you again. This is Patty Popcorn. I was going to say Patricia Palomitas, but somebody laughed at me, so... (laughs) I'll just keep it real. Patty Popcorn. And here's JD to tell you what we actually do here. Hello, everyone. This is JD. So, if you've landed on us, this is a podcast dedicated to lighthearted, humorous discussions regarding crimes of the powerful. We will also be discussing our review of recent movies or series that have been released, and these episodes will drop every other weekend. For those of you who don't know, white-collar crime is typically orchestrated by those in occupational positions with the opportunity to commit these crimes. These crimes include insider trading, fraud, tax evasion, bribery, price fixing, and of course, corruption. We will discuss real cases, related articles, podcasts, and documentaries, movies related to the crime. Patty. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing, actually, I'm doing okay. I slept in a little bit this morning. Same. Yes, it was nice. Um, and then uh, shot up, <laughs> said. I did not do that. <laughs> we were going to go to water aerobics, grab my Gotta spouse. Go. Yeah, we drove over there and then uh, made it in time. Uh, I really like it. The teacher is positive. And, um, it's so good for you, too. It is. Low impact. Yes. Actually, no impact. But, yeah, basically no impact. And then um, the other participants there are so nice and welcoming. I love it. Yeah. They're like, what's your name? <laughs> I'm like, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> and then he liked it a lot, too. So, uh all right. You know, trying to look for stuff that's a little bit easier on our bodies as we're as we're aging. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about. Um, somebody that we know did they get hurt like doing some kind of physical activity? My husband was telling me, and and I was like, well, zero percent of that happening with me watching Bravo on the couch. <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> And that was the day I took a big tumble on our Oh, lot. yeah. When so you're... I was like, God damn it. <laughs> well, you know, like I told you, uh, I had, uh, like, we were walking side by side with our dogs, and I had our big dog tethered to me, and then he had the little dog. But, you know, uh, I was too busy talking about one of our neighbor's yards, <laughs> and then I hit Were you the... talking shit about their yard, or were you Kind like, oh, of, a little bit. Because <clears throat> they so just that had... was God pushing you down. I know, I think so, it was karma, but um, they... So, like, uh, they just had their, it looks like their plumbing, like, all their pipes and stuff replaced. So, Uh, they tore up all of their front yard, uh, and it kind of looks a little bit, like, crappy. So, I was like, I wonder, (laughs) I was like, I wonder what they're going to do with that front yard, because it kind of looks like shit. And then all of a sudden. (laughs) God struck you down. God was like, hey, bitch, shut up. (laughs) Stay in your lane. (laughs) And I stepped off the sidewalk ever so slightly, and that's when my ankle rolled underneath me. But thank God for my 90-pound dog, because she literally weighted me down. (laughs) She's like, she's going down. (laughs) 
Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I was like, well, that serves me right. <laughs> I'm sure it will look lovely. Continuing on. <laughs> Should I kept my pie holes shut? Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, falling down is a thing. Oh, dude. <clears throat> I don't know if I told you about the time when I was shopping with Kim. Uh, we went to this fancy place in Seattle, like a furniture house place. I forgot the name of it. I don't it was think really I've heard awesome. the story. <laughs> so you're going to die laughing. Okay. So she's like <laughs> paying for her stuff. I've already paid for mine, but I'm still meandering around. And they have like a plank floor. Okay. And my shoe got like stuck <laughs> in the plank. And I started doing the fall, like when I was walking. So, <laughs> yeah. like, gravity's pulling me forward. <laughs> I hit this table with my shoulder on the way down. (laughs) Oh, my God. God. This lady was like, are you okay? And I'm like, no. I was so embarrassed. Oh, God. I go back over. Kim didn't even see a thing. She didn't even see a thing. What happened? No. So then we get in the car and I'm like laughing and she's like, what? And I go, you didn't see that? And she's like, no. And I said, dude, I totally wiped out. I ate shit. I fell on a table. She was like, where was I? As the EMTs are pulling up. I'm like, you are paying for your purchases. It was hilarious. I was mortified. That's so awesome. Are you okay? No. God bless you. No, I'm not. I had a bruise right here from where like, I hit my shoulder on the way down. You're like, I'm embarrassed. I'm going to sue. <laughs> you need to fix that plank yeah, immediately. exactly. Oh, oh horrible. That's so anyway, funny. that was like right at the beginning of COVID when we used oh, to okay. go. Uh, yeah, like know, out and week. about and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brother. Anyway. Yeah. Good, to- good times, everyone. Uh, yeah. Um, Getting old is not for sissies. <laughs> that's what my dad used to say. <laughs> No shit, dude. And he was right. Um, yeah, so uh, today's not too bad. And the sun's <laughs> supposed to come out. Hopefully. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> I don't even care, dude. Uh, yeah, I know. It's whatever. <clears throat> I'm starting to get that way, too. I don't have to work out in the rain today. Good if for it you. Rains, good it's for all you. good. Good. I'm going to paint anyway, so Ooh. we're painting our house inside. Oh, you want to come do mine? No, I don't even want to do mine. Okay, but sorry. we're, like, doing it in sections Oh, now. okay. I gotcha. And uh, we're getting rid of all the brown that we mm. have, which now that we're painting, I hate the brown. Yeah, you're like, I didn't realize how much exactly I hated this until I started painting over it. This chocolate milk. <laughs> so, yeah, we're painting it a gray color. Okay, that's cool. I like yeah, it. Yeah, so. Awesome. A little bit every day until mm. I die. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost done with the first floor, and then we'll do the upstairs. Okay. Okay. I can't so, wait to see it. Yeah. It looks way better. Um, And then we're so. redoing our floors in August. Oh, okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Can I just say, cha-ching. Yeah, no shit. I'm in the wrong biz. Yeah, that's what I've been uh, realizing too. Like, whenever we have somebody come over to like give us a quote on a project we want to do, and it's you're like, like, it'll probably be like a couple hundred, and they're like, oh, 15,000. What? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I have no concept at yeah. all. I'm like, yeah. it would be like maybe a thousand. Everything's oh, expensive now. So, yeah, it's uh, crazy. Yeah, they're making a killing. Um, you know, I don't blame them. If, if, yeah, uh, no, I mean, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And Oh, uh, yeah, that's why we're bringing them in. <laughs> we're having our, the same people that already did our hardwoods when we took out oh, the okay. carpet. So yeah. now we're going to take out the rest of the carpet and, and extend the wood. Come. But in order to do that, they have to sh- they have to sand the whole floor, oh. the whole first floor. Oh, okay. And restain it all. Wow. And so, I mean, it's a freaking production. So I get yeah. it, but it's like, ooh. I know. True. Oh, well. Yes. And then it'll look nice and then we'll sell it. The end. Okay. <laughs> An excuse. <laughs> scene. Yep. <laughs> And then I'll start my life on the run. <laughs> All right, Sarma. Co- in different countries. Is that a crime, though? If you just want to leave? <laughs> I didn't embezzle any money, so. Oh, my God. I'm or good. defraud your contractors and then, like, skip out. No, um, they want their money up front, and they are they smart. They do, yes. And they won't take a wire, mm-hmm. like on Anna. <laughs> I sent you a wire. <laughs> It must be your bank. <laughs> Talk to the bank. Uh, yeah. Quit bothering me. <laughs> um, so if you're joining us, uh, we've tangent in for like eight minutes now. Um, this That's is old bad. dirty. I'll have you know that oh, no, smartless no. tangents like twenty. Oh, I know. I so listened whatever. to whatever. <laughs> what? Skip ahead, okay? Podcasts. You don't want to know about us. <laughs> I've listened to other podcasts too, and it's the same thing. Uh, and including, and I've really well, this been listening. Isn't NPR for God's I sake? Know. <laughs> This isn't Paul Harvey or whatever. Like, uh, I listen to Dudesy, and they literally talk for, like, an hour, and it's just a bunch of nonsense, like, them okay, then. talking trash about whatever. It's funny. And they're like, oh, now we'll do our actual <clears throat> yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, Dudesy wants us to do this, like, 45 minutes later. So, uh, exactly. But uh, this is Old Dirty Benches podcast. Um, we are going to be doing a white-collar crime and uh, pretty much always yeah uh you know we we kind of switched it a little bit before we were doing some movie reviews um patty said that i don't know what i was talking about we should just focus on white collar crime <laughs> so here we are um <laughs> because we've heard from people that that's what they're wanting to know white collar true i there's know no like shortage of stories correct there isn't um every day there's a new one yeah uh, so this week we decided to talk about Mr. Uh, Marcus Shrinker. Um, another and, gem. Yeah, yeah, for real. Uh, so this fine gentleman. Um, <laughs> fine gentleman. He. <laughs> I don't know how many of our listeners remember um his situation or story. Probably once we start talking about it, it'll uh start You'll at least remember one part. Of yeah, the story. at least remember one aspect of the story, maybe not all of it, but um yeah, he's he's like you said a gem. Um, Most of them are that we talk about. True that. And you don't want to be listed on here cuz yeah. you're not a gem. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're an anti-gem. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, so I did some research on uh, Mr. Marcus Shrinker. Uh, it was a little bit difficult to go back onto like around the time when he first committed his crime, which was like well when they started investigating him, and then um, 
arrested him and everything. Because that happened in 2008, 2009. Everything since then is like what he's doing now. A lot of the articles and stuff that I could find. So like there was just like small clips and stuff. Right. Um, Snippets. Yeah. For me to like look up. So uh, Marcus actually defrauded banks out of tens of millions of dollars. Um, and Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fraud. Like the rest of our. Hashtag anti-Jim. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of our people. Um, Shrinker's case made national news. Uh, he was essentially a money manager who had been convicted of fraud and then faked his own death by parachuting out of his own. <laughs> he did a D.B. Cooper. <laughs> out of his own private plane after setting it to fly out over the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> um. <laughs> so he watched a little too many Mission Impossibles. <laughs> Poor Marcus. Um, so, so Marcus has actually maintained his innocence and has stated oh, that. Brother. Oh, no. That's the thing that really gets me with all this bullshit is like, how many actually cop to doing it? Like, Patty. hardly any. Okay, first off, he didn't do this, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Lies. Totally innocent. Um, <laughs> My plane flew itself into the mountain or whatever it did. <laughs> He stated, this is, okay, Marcus, I'm Team Shrinker, okay? Here we go. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> he stated that he was trying to get the insurance companies to return client funds, but at the time, his wife. That damn wife. I know. These, these. And let me guess, she didn't know what he was doing. He had no idea. <laughs> so his wife found out that he was messing around and mm -hmm. she took complete control of his account. So she's actually the one who uh, right, I was... I think I knew this part of the story. ...rotting all of the investors. <laughs> but Making him look bad. I know. As make, wives do. As, <laughs> I think we can all agree. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about Dr. Laura. We're going to be talking about divorce. And we should be more appreciative <laughs> of our husbands and um, Mr. Oh Shrinker and all of the work that he was doing outside of the home to bring the luxury and riches That's that right. they were living in. So Every um, day, you need to put on makeup and wear a dress. and <laughs> Be in the kitchen. Have your kids clean kicking and ready your, to see kicking their dad. His dinner. Um, you know, no <laughs> Again, shade to... Fuck the patriarchy. Make your own damn dinner. <laughs> well, listen. So <laughs> listen, listen, Linda, listen. Uh, so Shrinker says that he did the the more manly, like heroic thing, and ended up taking the fall for everything oh. for his wife and the kids. Um, even though she was the one in the end who set everybody up. What do you think about that? I think that's bullshit. That's what I think. <laughs> What so, does she say about this? <laughs> We're going to get to that. Yeah. I bet um, her story's a bit different. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, to be fair, I don't know necessarily, because um, she's kind of been more quieter uh, after everything ended up kind of imploding on them, about um, her knowledge with regards to uh, the crimes that he committed. So yeah, she's I don't probably like I don't want to get involved in this. Yeah, I'm sure she probably is just like, look, I just need to walk away from all of this and move on with my life because it ended up being a shit show. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, like yeah. when you see the pictures and stuff of them and hear like like they were living in a very posh area. 
um, making millions of dollars. So she probably don't have to work. She could stay home and take yeah. care of the kids and stuff, you know, and he was out bringing home the bacon um, or From other people's some, bacon. Someone's bacon. <laughs> other people's Ill-gotten bacon. Ill-gotten <laughs> bacon. Which um, is still delicious, I'm sure, as bacon is. <laughs> Whether you buy it with your own earned income or somebody else's. <laughs> Whether you go to Safeway or your neighbors, <laughs> it's still delicious. <laughs> so, uh, Shrinker was essentially a financial advisor who um, owned an investment firm called Icon Group. So, this was essentially his own company. Um, and he had uh, basically like this perfect life in Indiana. Um, his wife was beautiful, absolutely breathtaking, and um, he was also a pilot and had his own jet. Right, you know. Yeah, he was doing okay. Successful. Um, on paper. On paper. <laughs> but was it really? I know. <laughs> the papers were fake. Everything was fake. He was fake. It was all fake. <laughs> Uh, I did read some articles where, like, his neighbors actually had done some interviews. Um, they were like, we knew that guy was Yeah, bogus. they actually talked about how he uh, was kind of a mean person. And, like, uh, they kind of didn't know. It was like walking around on eggshells because they said that he would literally come into other people's yards. Like, if he didn't like how you had landscaped or done something to it. <sighs> He would come what? out there and confront you. Yeah. Like, this is some of the what stuff I was What a gem, I say again. <laughs> so, oh, my um, God. Yeah, it, it was kind of a little bit crazy, some of the stuff I read about um, him and, like, his neighbors and his little... They were like, I'm glad you got busted. I think so. I think they were jerk. glad that he, like, was basically Again, removed. like, come on. Yeah. You have to be a dick. I know. Um, so... Apparently, he would try to get, you know, different people to invest their retirement accounts with him. And uh, he needs that bacon. He needs the bacon. Yep, exactly. Um, He would claim that he only makes money if his clients make money. I mean, don't they all? Don't they all? They all say that. That's an old chestnut, too. (laughs) He would uh, take the standard 1% management fee, right, which was the standard at the time. But uh, he does, of course, the opposite of what's promised. Rather than investing in mutual funds and charging no commissions, Shrinker puts money into one annuity annuity after the next, um, racking up huge commissions and costing his clients hundreds of thousands of dollars in surrender fees. So I was like, uh, when I was reading that, I was like, what's an annuity again? So, um, I, (laughs) I glad you asked Patty. Uh, I looked it up. (laughs) I think that was you, but go ahead. (laughs) So an annuity is like a long-term investment that's issued, uh, by an insurance company or, you know, like an investment company. And it's essentially designed to help protect you from the risk of outliving your income. So essentially, like if you've made a lot of money over I'll time. I'll never outlive my income. I spend it too fast. <laughs> but anyway. That's what the annuity is supposed to do. So like if you have, let's say you get a little bit of a nest egg and um, you put it into this annuity instead of like blowing through it quickly because you're like, I want this. I want that. I want all the bacon <laughs> right. in the world. You don't want to be like Patty. Yes. Yeah. You're like, okay, I need somebody to kind of be like a payee essentially. So you put all so your millions. spend all your money. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you put all your millions into this annuity, and then and you get like, here's an allowance. Yep, and then you get like payments or an allowance um, that are like these periodic payments through uh, your life, right, during retirement, uh-huh. so that you spend more equitably. Rather than being like, I want this Mercedes and that yacht. Well, that's stupid. I'm sorry. You should be responsible yourself. I mean, you should be, but some people. It's like a protection, I guess. Yeah. Some people are like, well, just in cases. And I'm sure that, like, these investment people also, like, look at your tax risk and all that. I'm sure they're doing all of that. But I don't feel like marcus was marcus was not doing that no marcus was running a ponzi scheme so like cha-ching yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's like give me me all your money money Mm -hmm. uh i mean he was like essentially he needed people to keep investing so he could keep spending your money so ponzi scheme a miss um, and then, of course, at this time, right, because when he was, like, running his scheme, this is leading up to the 2008, like, housing bubble, uh, and then when the economy the crash. crashed, right? So, yeah. uh, one of, well, several airlines were having difficulties, too. So, he hears that the Delta airline is going to be filing <laughs> the for, the Delta, um, is going to be filing for bankruptcy, and he's like, oh, my God, opportunity, I should reach out to these pilots who need somewhere to dump their cash. And he literally moves down to Atlanta and um, moves his family. Uh, yes, from what I understand. Okay. And uh, he pounces on the opportunity and uh, basically Scams tells them. a bunch of it, yep. pilots. He says, invest your um, retirement and stuff with me. I'll make sure that you're going to earn additional interest. Um, so a lot of them end up doing just that, and it kind of spreads through word of mouth, right? Because if one person's like, well, that's look. That's a typical Ponzi thing. Yep. They're like, check it out. My man Mark is hooking it up. <laughs> and, and he's a pilot. <laughs> he's one of us. Yeah, he's one of us. He could help you out. So uh, one of the pilots named Dave Smith, he um, actually does uh, – go to Mark and um, decides that he tr- he should trust him, right? Because he sounds good. Marcus has got this huge, like, selling, um, come with me, invest your money, etc. cetera. Uh, so he's actually shocked to learn that now he's locked into a 25-year annuity with Shrinker, but then also finds out that good old Marcus has withdrawn 30% of his money already. After he invests with him. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. So then Mr. Dave Smith decides, you know what? I need to. <laughs> Something is not right. <laughs> I need to get my money out. Um, and he's actually charged uh, $66,000 in surrender fees for withdrawing his money early. Seems totally normal. <laughs> what? What could go wrong? (laughs) And then he realized it's getting worse. So uh, Smith learns his money is being moved from annuity to annuity. And according to uh, the Indiana State investigators at the time, um, Shrinker is uh, basically moving Smith's money around like a pinball game. So every time he does that, uh, Shrinker makes a 13% commission off of it. So he's just like cycling. That's how he's 
skimming. Yep, that's how he's getting additional monies. I mean, he's he's spending some of it already, but then also uh, making additional like fees. Yep, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. based off of the annuities that he moves it from. So, uh, you know, like like I had mentioned at this time, of course, we're leading into uh, 2008 housing bubble and the economy crashing. So what ends up happening is the clients that Shrinker did have up to this point, you know, they're starting to see the writing on the wall. I need to get my money out. So that's essentially how they started figuring out like what Marcus was up to and then um, let Indiana state investigators know, like, kind of whistleblow on him. And it's like, something's wrong here. I'm trying to get my money out. Right. You know, he won't do it. He won't do it. Um, I'm getting charged all these fees, you know. So they start looking into him. And uh, Shrinker was kind of known as an amateur daredevil pilot because uh, he used some of the money that he was getting from investors that he stole uh, to buy planes. He had his own plane. Um well, that's not cheap. Oh, fuck no. And then, like, the gas and stuff. And then yeah. you've got to store it, right, right, at the airfield. So uh, I don't know how much money he spent total on that, it but I'm sure like it was a lot. more than $20. <laughs> $20. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, he bought luxury cars. Um, there's pictures out there where he's like driving Lexus. Uh, and then I think he actually appeared in one of the local commercials out there and stuff like that for the car. Yeah. Um, he also had a 10,000 square foot home, which, like I said, was in an upscale suburban neighborhood nicknamed Cocktail Cove. And that's because uh a lot of rich people lived in that area and they had boats and stuff and y'all would hang out with each other, socializing, right. having a good old time Eyes with your cocktails. Shut, parties, we get it. <laughs> I sweat shut. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, investigators said that uh, Shrinker ended up um, bilking at least nine clients, including a friend of 10 years and his own aunt, out of a total of Always about with these poor relatives. I know, man. I mean, those are the easiest cons, right? Because so they already trust you. You don't have to build the rapport. It's there. So they're like, give Horrible. me all your money. All <laughs> oh, your yeah. hugs and kisses. <laughs> Not really, just your money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so a total of about $1.5 million. They thought they were investing in a foreign currency fund that didn't really exist. Um, it's important to also point out, and this was brought up during his trial, uh, Shrinker was... And his wife did it. <laughs> <laughs> he did blame his wife. But he uh, apparently was diagnosed with uh, oh, bipolar disorder, I think, in the 90s. And um, it was reported that he would often not take his medications, which would send him into um, mania, mania mm-hmm. and different types of cycles so that he what, would go that, through. Was he trying to say, like, I'm not responsible because I have this mental illness? Well, I, th- I don't know that he was necessarily was saying like, I'm uh, my wife did it uh, I have bipolar uh, yeah I think stuff out there I think they were trying to explain or maybe I have an evil twin because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> you're so dumb <laughs> you just like saying that I do um, it's the only thing I know that's why <laughs> I have to say no it. I think as part of his defense they were essentially trying to say like this this caused him not to think 
appropriately air quotes like you know um was driving right. some like, of his it behavior wasn't me. it was yeah i'm broken yeah basically um so <clears throat> they're kind of saying like oh uh you know he had this storybook marriage but like his behavior and stuff was causing like all these problems i mean i don't know if that answers why you had uh an affair with somebody else maybe i I don't know, but sex uh, addict. Yeah, so um, so Michelle, his wife, um, of course, is putting up with this all this bullshit, and then um, yeah, because she lives in Cocktail Cove <laughs> with like, all I'm the things. Up my spot in the Cocktail Cove Club, her ten thousand square foot home, all her fancy cars and stuff. Um, yeah, so I get it. She was a victim. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> so Marcus, Mr. Shrinker, had an affair with a woman who actually worked at the airport, uh, Kelly because Baker. Of course he did. Where he kept his plane, his little his little mm-hmm. plane that he had. Those chicks are everywhere, JD. <laughs> so, uh, of course, as Does the relationship... leave the house? There's a good chance he's seen another woman. <laughs> um oh my gosh i'm sure she felt like he was cool he had his own airplane who kelly uh yeah kelly of course she was like he's out here doing all these stunts he's got money yep um probably looked interesting uh so yeah so he's you know his relationship is intensifying with kelly and then of course his marriage is falling apart um he's his behavior's it was reported to be more volatile during this time. And um, Michelle ends up filing for divorce on December 30th, 2008. But I think, too, at the time, because uh, stuff was already, like, the ball was rolling. It was spiraling. Yes. The, she probably understood that she things. She's like, I can't stay here. Yeah. Like, I need to get out of here mm-hmm. um, and take the kids. So, uh, Indiana State had quietly opened an investigation on Shrinker and had been um, looking at him for several months. And then uh, on the day that his wife filed for divorce, his mansion was actually raided. I was like, is this coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to be gone this day, so feel free. <laughs> so... uh the Indiana authorities also believe that he had been running like a second scam that involved uh, fake security funds. Um, but they end he up just was going big. Man. Oh yeah, they froze all of his assets. Um, they closed his business down, his investment business that he had, um, and then of course his wife, right? Because he's out gallivanting, doing whatever he's doing. I don't know, hanging out with <laughs> Kelly or making flying bacon. his plane. Yeah, making bacon. <laughs> Uh, he had reported that he comes back to the house and, um, his wife, Michelle is there and she's feeding the kids, but she basically tells him that he's not welcome there anymore. So she kicks him out. Um, and he's surprised. Yeah. He was, some men are. Yep. He was totally taken aback by this and, um, has to leave. So (laughs) (laughs) his girlfriend was in the car (laughs) waiting outside. Get the essentials, babe. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> Get your toothbrush. <laughs> so, so I don't know where he was hanging out, but from the time that he At got Kelly's, I'm guessing maybe, maybe I don't on know. His plane. Um, yeah, sleeping inside the plane. Uh, it was. 
It's approximately two weeks later that Shrinker actually drives himself to the airport where he kept his little plane and uh, revs up the engine and decides to take off. Right. This is this is the point where he's like, everything's falling apart. He's like, I'm going to fake my death. Yes. So he gets in his plane um, and takes off and uh, he flew his plane towards the Gulf of Mexico. Right. Uh, In an effort to fake his own death. This happens. Right. He was hoping it would crash into the Gulf. Mm hmm. This happens in 2009. Surprise. God had other plans. So listen. He, Shrinker has always stated that he went out there to commit suicide. That was his whole purpose. With a parachute, as one does. (laughs) So he radios the tower in distress. He's like, oh, you know, the plane, this and that. Like, you know, everything's falling apart. Chicken little style. Like, I'm going down. Meanwhile, he's like strapping on the parachute. Yep. Uh, Two hours after taking off, that happens. He radios to the tower. Okay. And then he ends up changing his mind at the last minute. And, oh, there's a parachute in the plane and puts it on. Okay. And decides to jump out over Alabama. The plane continues on autopilot before crashing in the swamps of Florida. Uh, apparently, the tower, when he radioed for, you know, in distress, they call out to uh, the Air National Guard in the local area, uh-huh. who sends up two pilots who actually intercept his plane. Nobody's in it at this point, but uh, they basically fly alongside the plane until it ended up crashing. Okay, because they're monitoring it. Because okay. everything's yep, just it's going down. It's, <laughs> it's all okay, weird. <laughs> I Can mean, you... I don't know what else you would. What are you gonna do? I don't know. But that's weird. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine like like flying up alongside a plane and there's nobody in there and you're no. like trying to radio to them and you're like radio silencer, what do we do? And they're like, just keep flying alongside it, and, and then oh, it's gonna go down in this swamp. I you mean, watch goodness. it crash, but you would obviously call it into authorities. What would you do, like if it was gonna crash into a neighborhood, though, I don't know. Just watch. Yep, there it goes. <laughs> radio. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Oh my god. I don't know. It was all I think the idea, I think Marcus's idea, even though he was planning on committing suicide, was that um He was okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I started out in the beginning he saying was I was not. nope, team Marcus all the way out. Marcus, not I got your back. Never going to commit suicide. Marcus, I'm on your side. Don't listen to her. I know that you Marcus, you are a gem <laughs> and I will hear nothing less. Marcus intended to fly out past Florida where his plane was going to crash and he was going to drown with it. That was the plan. Okay. <laughs> he decided. But then he was like, you know what? Alabama suits me. <laughs> he I'm said, I've changed my mind. I need to be there for my wife and my kids. I'm going to get this parachute and I'm going to end this oh, all right now. Can I... Be on the jury, please. Stop. Shrinker. Shrinker. Guilty! Stop talking! <laughs> so Shrinker jumps out of the plane, and lo and behold, he lands on the ground safely. And, and he... then he's like, now my name is Billy Bob, and I've <laughs> always lived in Alabama. <laughs> he actually... 
actually, no, he makes it to a storage shed where, oh my God, now he had already waiting for him. There's this total coincidence. Okay. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) Marcus, I'm still on your side, bro. Okay. So when he gets to the storage shed, there's actually a Yamaha motorcycle waiting there. That's so crazy, right? And the keys were waiting. And everything, yeah, was was there. It's so weird. I don't know how that happened, but... Some suitcase. (laughs) Shrinker. (laughs) What are the odds, everyone? I think he's just a fucking lucky dude. That's what I think. He he came upon a parachute. This is like Tom Cruise style, okay? Uh, which you are waiting to see in the new movie. That's so, right. um, I said I got fished in by the previews. I'm not. Don't you try to shame me. <laughs> <laughs> so Marcus, good old Marcus, he's a survivor, man. I'm reading for I'm you all the way. <laughs> he jumps on. <laughs> he jumps on his motorcycle and drives out to a campground in uh, Chattahoochee, Florida. Way to go, bro. You made it all the way out there to Where Florida. Where did he start? The Indiana, sorry. Yeah, he uh, left from Indiana. He seems like he would fit right in in Florida. Parachutes over Alabama and lands. And then goes to Florida. Finds a shed where there is a motorcycle in it. And there's some camping stuff. So he's like, I'm going to grab this. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's to Florida. Oh Once he gets gosh. to his campground, he sets up, right? And then um, he's... He, I guess, when he found the motorcycle, he also found a laptop and some other stuff. So, oh my god, he- <laughs> and a bank card. <laughs> wow. So, um, Marcus decides, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna live in this campground. <laughs> <laughs> but let me open my laptop and see where things are at right now. So he goes online and sees that he's a wanted man, and they're searching for him. So uh, he's overcome by depression at this point. <laughs> As happens. And he actually decides to commit suicide. So Take he, two, okay. He slashes his wrist with a camping knife while he's out there. Um, but, you know, like law enforcement the and everybody has been following this plane and then uh realizes that somebody has parachuted out and dropped over and they follow the trail all the way out to his campsite and they find him and arrest him and take him to the hospital where he's treated for his injuries so at the campground u.s marshals uh gathered a bunch of evidence uh that shrinker had basically outfitted himself for escape and survival i guess he i I don't know. But he just found it. He did, Marcus. I'm still with what? You. <laughs> How could you say that? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my god! So in his saddlebags on the motorcycle that he just happened to find in that storage shed, <laughs> he had a uh, lot of MREs. If you're That's meals ready, to yep. Eat. If you're not familiar, those those are typically uh, bags of food. Yep. Uh, used by military, um, whether we're in training or deployed, uh, we often get issued uh, meals ready to eat, and they come with everything. So you can literally heat them up. Uh, they've got like plasticware in them. Sometimes a little bottle of Tabasco. <laughs> I like the processed cheese that comes with the dry crackers. I will often trade those um, with somebody else for maybe like a, a brownie or something because I have a sweet tooth. Anyways, um, he's got some of those in there. 
Um, and then Again, he had just found. No, he. Shed. I'm sure he found these when he was driving in the motorcycle along the way. At one hundred percent. Okay. okay sure. Along with the laptop, I don't know. So he. <laughs> then he knew the password too. Boy, oi, oi. Cracked the code. He had extra clothing, a large quantity of cash in his eyes. Clothes. <laughs> Wow, he should have bought some lottery tickets. Close to $3,000 on him, and he also had a GPS unit. I'm sure he probably borrowed that from somebody when he got to the oh camp. <laughs> so, and how did they find him? Um, oh, because he had actually slashed his wrist and stuff. So, did someone find oh, him? Oh, yes. So, uh, when he took off from um, the air airfield right they were already tracking him at that point so um the interesting thing about the storage shed which i think is total fake news is um he had uh figured out this route or like this route in advance um leading up to uh his him allegedly faking his death marcus i'm still on your side so um (laughs) if you say it a million times it won't make it true okay (laughs) So apparently you. he went out days before his uh, airplane flight um, and uh, had mapped out a route that included bringing his motorcycle out to this uh, shed and paying a lady to store it along with some <laughs> items and then uh, continuing his route down to this campground. I don't believe any of it, though. So, um, oh, brother. He... <laughs> gets treated treated for his wounds and then they you know the um feds bring him in and they're like look bro here's what we're charging you with so uh all the things (laughs) well at first right because all they've charged him with is uh filing a false distress call and i didn't know this but apparently you can get in trouble for intentionally destroying an airplane even if it's your own (laughs) Wow. <laughs> but he ends up pleading guilty to that. So he receives 50 months in prison. So currently he's being detained now. Five oh. All right. Months. Yeah. Five oh months. Okay. Okay. So um, this is where Shrinker said that he went in the air to commit suicide. Right. That's why he went out there. Uh, and then he just put all that stuff down in case he changed his mind. I think so. In okay. case he chickened you know, out. Things happen. Yep. Change your mind. I change my mind all the time. Uh, same. I'm like, am I going to have chocolate peanut butter ice cream or this lava cake? <laughs> or cookies and cream. <laughs> How about both? So uh, when authorities challenged him on his statements, he said, and I quote. None of your business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I was trying to fake my death. <laughs> would I be so dumb? I would have left my IDs and everything in the airplane. I would have filled out the airplane full of fuel and let it go over the Gulf or wherever it was trying to go. You know, make sure that the airplane couldn't be found. Which I think was originally the plan. But when it's flying on autopilot... You know, who knows what's going to happen. And I so think, it just basically crashed because it ran out of fuel? Uh, yeah, or... Uh, he didn't put enough gas in Eventually, it to it's going to gonna start probably 
going down even on autopilot, I would imagine. I don't know. I'm not like a pilot myself. Here we go. We don't know but, if you swipe right or left, and we don't know how to be a pilot. But I feel like maybe, Marcus, if you had waited a little bit longer before you got to Alabama, it may have made it into the ocean and then went and down. Then it would have been more of a... And maybe nobody would have found him right. initially thinking that he had crashed with the plane. Yeah. But I don't know. So well, good. I'm glad he got caught. Yeah. So uh, on October 7, 2010, remember, he's already detained for faking all that other shit with the plane. Uh, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison after pleading guilty in the Hamilton Superior Court to securities fraud uh, charges. So the Hamilton Superior so he Court. he pled guilty even though it was his wife that did it? Well, remember what I said? He was trying to be the hero in right. the situation and, and take the blame because he didn't want his wife well, okay. and kids to suffer. He is a gem. Yeah, he, he is. is. He's, he's a good guy, guys. <laughs> All right. So, um, Judge Stephen Nation ruled the 10 year term will run consecutively with a four year federal sentence stemming from the plane crash. So, he actually made sure that it would line up after his other stuff. So uh, the court appointed receivers have said they've tallied more than 20 million in claims against Shrinker while the liquidation of his holdings has brought in less than 600,000, which we often find, right? They dupe all of these victims out of millions of dollars and then they try to liquidate and auction it off. um, And uh, like Rita, we never recoup five bucks. Yeah, the full cost. so he also agreed to pay as part of a plea agreement, um, you know, some other, I don't know, $600,000 or something, which still doesn't bring a lot of the victim's money right. back. So. No, here's $5. Um, interesting, though, what I had discovered was while he was in prison, he was talking to another con man, Mr. Matthew Cox, um, who was serving uh, his own time. Um and has now become a crime writer. He met Shrinker in prison and managed to interview him uh, and write a manuscript while he was in prison based off of what happened to Shrinker. So stuff that he had shared um, about his story, his whole case. Uh, and once he got released, so uh, Marcus gets out before Matthew Cox um, and goes and does his own little thing. Matthew Cox gets out with the manuscript in his hand and actually publishes a book called Bell Out called, the Life. He, uh, he really did do it. <laughs> yeah, basically. So uh, he calls it Bell Out the Life and Lies of Marcus Shrinker. <laughs> Marcus got pissed when he published it and said it was all lies. And then Matthew Cox came back and said, I have all my notes. Here's exactly what I asked you and what you said to each question. That I- <laughs> yeah, because you know what's the defense for slander? It's the truth. So there, sucker. <laughs> well, I was actually I got reading, receipts. Yeah, I, <laughs> receipts. Well, Matthew Cox apparently um, had read up books on how to manipulate people while he was in prison and stuff like that. 
go figure. He's a, a con man. Use of time. Yeah. So he, because um, that first shrinker, I think, was a, like a little bit pushing back on uh, Matt Cox and was like, I'm not going to tell you anything. But eventually they build a rapport and he starts sharing everything that happened. Uh-huh. And um, played him. Yeah. Matthew Cox is like each each day going back to his cell and then writing everything down so that he can, uh, write of course, write this book. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to buy that book. <laughs> so Good for you. So he ends up um, getting released. And now he, he actually has, I think, wrote other books, two true crime books. He's actually a writer wow. now. All right. So he's turning a profit. Um, some other articles that I actually found um, was about uh, Shrinker's family. So Michelle has moved on with her life. Um, and she also has, uh, three kids, two boys and one daughter. Uh, the youngest boy, I couldn't really find anything on him, but, um, her other son, I reportedly had went to college and has graduated. I believe the daughter though, um, her name's Alyssa. She's really struggled, uh, since everything has, has happened. So, um, at times since her father, uh, you know, was uh, charged and then convicted and sentenced and went to prison. She's been homeless off and on oh. and she's had a lot of behavior issues. That's too bad. Yeah. So, uh, in after her father's plane crash happened, she kind of has stated she didn't really understand like everything that was happening. Cause I think she was like 13 at the time, but uh, everything that happened after that, things had really got bad for her. So, of course, you know, investigators come in and, like I had said, they froze all his assets and everything and then um, start deciding to auction off all their stuff to include their home. So they're basically, like, kicked out of their house. Uh Um, And uh, they're living with friends now at this point. Uh, Mom goes back to work. She's trying to do the best that she can. Uh, they get like a little apartment, um, but Alyssa's having a lot of difficulty uh, at school. Her friends stop hanging out with her. Mm-hmm. Reportedly, it's because uh, their parents didn't want them around Alyssa anymore. So, nice. yeah, she's struggling a lot um, and she begins to have a lot of behavior problems. She reports that her mom kicks her out at one point. And uh, from what I could tell, Michelle didn't really any give any comments but just said that uh, Alyssa had a lot of difficulties after this so Alyssa starts couch surfing with basically anyone who would allow her to stay at their house Mm -hmm. and kind of carries her stuff around so she reports that at school boys had sexually harassed her um, and she also uh, describes an instance where she was sexually assaulted outside of school So uh, she also reports, too, that her dad at one point sent her an email basically saying that she was worthless and should probably kill herself. This was confirmed. And you're still on him on Team Matthew. No, I can't. Uh, Team Marcus. No, Marcus is a piece of shit. So uh, let's just put that out there. Um, He great uh, guy. Great husband, even better dad. <laughs> he denies ever sending this email, but her mom and her brother also uh, confirmed that she did receive the email from him, and that's essentially what is said in it. So uh, she deals with a lot of anxiety, depression, and um, yeah, 
And uh, the family actually believes that she may suffer from the same diagnosis as her father, which would be bipolar, because she's had a lot of some of the same uh, manic behavior and stuff. Uh, She did open a a GoFundMe page um, because she was trying to raise money to go to college. She's living a pretty modest lifestyle. There's a church and some other people that are helping her in the community at this point. Where are they living? What state? Uh, From what I could understand, she was still living in Indiana Uh and basically the same area where everything had happened. So she's studying welding um and has been going to college uh that's a good trade yeah um i mean she's working like a part-time job uh her hope is to go to a big name college like harvard or notre dame at some point so uh marcus shrinker who ended up serving more than six years behind bars in state and federal prisons um, for charges related to both the fraud and the plane crash is now free. And he lives down in Pensacola, Florida, Uh not far from where his uh, plane went down. (laughs) Interestingly (laughs) enough. (laughs) So in, in an interview with uh, the Indy Star, Marcus uh, Shrinker expressed no affection for his daughter. Instead, he described her as someone with an assortment of mental problems, but also as someone who fakes illnesses. He said she is trying to manipulate the media in search of sympathy and donations. He has also, since this time, um, threatened to sue various people. Uh, with regards to stories about what happened to include Matthew Cox, who published that book. Um, Marcus uh, sounds like a real gem still. So, but apparently he's, Does he's, he talk to the boys? I don't know. And uh, it sounded bad. like they didn't really have a good relationship they with their dad. Have no interest in talking to him. And I don't yeah, I would think so. I know Michelle has nothing to do with him, the wife now at this point. I mean, they're divorced. Um, and uh, the youngest son really kind of has stayed out of the media. So I don't know exactly what's going on with him. But um, it's clear that uh, this had a huge effect on the kids. And... Um, you know, that they've struggled in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Marcus seems to not give a fuck, uh, and I'm not sure that um, his time in prison did anything to rehabilitate him. He sounds like he's still a dick. So, um, <laughs> Marcus. Do better. You can go fuck yourself, Do bro. better, boo. Okay? Um, wow. So, yeah. Uh Based off of what I read, it sounds like he planned the whole thing, was trying to go. Duh. I mean, him and Sarma probably could have hooked up and been like. But she's just a baby. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds horrible. Marcus. uh, I don't know what you're doing down there in Florida. That's what. Maybe a wave will come in as part of climate change and sweep you off of Facebook. Climate change. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that basically sums up what happened with uh, Mr. Marcus Shrinker. Right. I kind of wanted to focus a little bit more in this episode on um, some of... On giving your fake um, <laughs> support. <laughs> my, fake su- my cheer rah-rah for no, Marcus. for sure. Um, yeah. I, you know, I was, like, reading up on him even, like, post 
what happened with his right, um, faking his death. Any better. And I was like, wow, he's just kind wow, of a he's piece of just shit. Just a throwaway. Yeah. Try again. <laughs> he can't get it. <laughs> I was like, I wonder, like, even like before he started his business and stuff, what kind of person he was. Because it just kind of sounds... Sounds shitty. And, you know, like, uh, we've talked before on this podcast about mental health. Um, It's serious. You know, there's a lot of people that it affects their lives. But I also don't like that he used that as a crutch to kind of explain well, he away. Was, like using everything. Yeah, oh, ex- it wasn't me. Oh well, I have problems. It but was then my wife. When um, people say his daughter has problems, he's like, she's faking. Yeah, which to me like, was like, what? dude, you're just basic. You're basic you're, piece of shit. Yeah. So. Um, wow. Yeah. So I'd be interested to hear if you were Team Marcus during this episode. <laughs> I would not because. <laughs> If you were, you need to take a look at your choices. (laughs) I believe his story wholeheartedly. I think it was just coincidental that, you know, like all of this stuff happened. His motorcycle and his laptop and and all his stuff made it down to some lady's place that he rented. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. And he had Wi-Fi out there. Don't heal my leg and tell me that it's raining. Okay. (laughs) Judge Judy. Um, so yeah, like uh, I would like to hear what your thoughts were. Hit us up on social media <laughs> and email us, people. God damn it, I want an email. <laughs> Someone send us an email. Uh, we've only received one that was not ourselves. Um, and it was your mom. Yeah, and it was it was my mom's. <laughs> uh, old dirty benches at gmail.com come on people uh you, one email i like the exchanges on our instagram as well as twitter mostly twitter it's the other indie podcast no shade to that i love the support um but we right, would like, like more interaction yes it's a little community it's cool it's awesome uh do you have anything else that you would like to share patty no no i do not believe anyone though that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> you're guilty until you're proven innocent that's what i say that's a lot of times what happens but in marcus's case <laughs> it was well he, deserved yeah he was definitely guilty all the way through sucks. yeah he's not a good person um i would just like to say if you are a stranger things person this season is the best one by far yeah wow. i think this is the last season too right uh, yes, yes, but oh. they're talking about doing some kind of spinoff, oh, and they're okay. being tight-lipped about what that means. Wow. Okay. Um, but I this am one a... is way, it's it's really good. Okay. It goes in a whole different I have direction. not started it yet. I probably will. It might not be, though, until July once this class ends. Cause... And when it's all, because I think they broke it up into two parts. Oh, did they? Okay. And I think the second part's coming out in July. So I won't be completely behind then. Right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So um, there you have it. We are going to, uh, our next episode is going to be on a documentary. If you can, please go out and watch that. It is on Amazon. If right you got now. Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. um, it's called Lou La Rich. Um, it's a documentary series, four episodes. About Lou LaRoe. Yep, about Lou LaRoe. They sell maxi skirts. <laughs> they sell and leggings. Clothing. All right. So go out there and That's watch your that. Homework. homework, people. <laughs> Work on it. Get some popcorn. We'll see you next Sunday.
<laughs> yep. Have a good week. Bye, benches. Bye.